So the link between autism and nutrition and gut microbiome are strongly related. This topic was brought because I was listening to Andrew Huberman and he's talking about the gut brain axis. And I'm very interested in the gut and the microbiome and the microbiotic um, integrity um, of our gut bacteria and like really what it does for our mood and for autoimmune disorders and for um, attention disorders. And I can show you guys on my screen the YouTube video I was talking about. So Huberman Labs, Andrew Huberman. Uh, it is how to enhance your gut microbiome and brain health. That's the one I was just recently listening to, but he goes strongly into um, the mucosal lining and microbiota and um, microphilia and how it's all connected together due to neurons within the lining of the of your intestinal tract, your gut. So when we say gut, we do mean your stomach, your small intestine, your large intestine, your colon, right? So all of that consists of different type of um, gut bacteria and a diversity of it. And within the wa walls of your intestinal tract, it has neurons and those neurons are the same, um, they work the same as the brain, right? So it, it can help to send messages and transmit signals to the brain and vice versa, right? So usually what we see going on in the brain on, to the skin is due to what's going on in our stomach. And this has been a long theory that we've known about for quite some time. And, and now with science, we're kind of understanding a little bit more. So what's really cool is that um, within the, the lines, right, of the mucosal lining, we have those neurons, they talk to each other. Um, within the structure of the um, the intestinal lining, you have different bacteria that kind of crevice inside little niches, and that can help you to create a better immune system, which is why we um, love for our children to be out in different environments and get dirty and really get exposed to the environments. The more sterile the environment, the more autoimmune problems you're going to have, the more uh, vaccines that you have, the more antibiotics that you have, really just the antibiotics, the more antibiotics that a child gets, then the worst autoimmune disorders are going to have. And we see this because um, the doctors are prescribing less and less and less uh, antibiotics to children uh, within a certain age because they understand this and they realize this. So really, what does this have to do with all this, right? So um, the what I'm more concerned is for like parents with children who have autism. Uh, it, 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 is, it seems like a very difficult uh, task and responsibility as a, a parent of someone who has autism, right? Their, their mood, their eating habits, um, how to control it. And um, it seems very tiring and, um, and kudos to those who, who thrive through it and, um, and find ways to, to manage. Uh, so really what I want to, to get across with this video is to let you understand that there is a way um, that we can figure out how to manage your child's autism and how to, to keep it and maybe even manage it to where it's not even 
um, that noticeable, right? Because that's really what we want. We were talking about preventative things, we're talking about treatment things. When it comes to autism, I don't, I really don't believe it's treatment, it's, it's management. Same thing like with autoimmune disorders, it's management. I, I really don't think you can treat it. If you can treat it, there's gonna be a price to pay, right? Um, so really it starts in your gut. So with autistic children or autistic persons, they will have some sort of um, you know, disorder to either touch, taste, smell, and they, they become picky eaters, they become uh, a food and where to eat food and how to eat food. So they have this behavioral pattern, right? But what's interesting is that when we learn more and more about the gut, how it has these microphilia, like these little, um, like hairy little, little guys within the, the lining of our, our intestinal walls that are able to, um, to grab hold of, uh, of other bacteria in our body. And it's almost like it decodes it, right? So it makes it stronger. So it can help our body recognize external um, uh, like risks and threats, right? And so we can, we, can, we can better understand on how to protect ourselves. And we do it very smart. It's almost like AI, right? And um, so what, what we want to do is we want to be able to help these children receive the nutrition that they need to balance out some of these, these um, uh, autistic um, issues. So on, on a Google Scholar, you go to, um, what, what did I, I think I did, uh, I searched the autism and diet and nutrition. So really what we see is because there's picky eaters and, um, and uh, autistic children, autistic persons, persons with OCDs, anybody that has some sort of behavioral pattern disorder and, and mood disorder, they typically are deficient in something. And what we realize is that the children, um, they were doing a study with children and um, it's a randomized trial of 26 children and they were um, controlling their diet with one without casein and, and um, gluten, and then the other was free bound. And you know, the casein protein was able to have a, a greater um, amount of um, protein and amino acids, right? And so they found that the control group, they were lacking some, some amino acid profiles and some insufficiencies. And so one of the main ones that they were lacking was the tryptophan. Uh, and so tryptophan can help with like serotonin um, and it also had the uh, tyrosine deficiency as well for its neurotransmitter precursor. So what we see here is it's the, it's the issue of being able to make sure that your child or your person eats a variety of different protein or a protein source that has a high amount of um, um, amino acids that can help with the parasympathetic system or the rest and digest and not so much of the glutamogenic to where it's more of an anxious and excitatory. And so we don't want to get rid of protein um, in general. We want to make sure that they are getting enough protein uh, that's going to have a, a tyrosine and tryptophan source. So there's a variety of different uh, sources out there for the food choices. Uh, that have those high amino acid profiles. Now, the, the other thing is that we also see that the, um, the, the benefit of having some sort of 
um, man, I can't remember <laughs> the name of this, uh, fermented food, right? So fermented food, you ingest it very small amounts and titrate up. So we don't want to take a large amount of, let's say my favorite is kefir. Uh, we, if you do that, it might cause some GI distress, but getting your body acclimated to some of this fermented food can help with the gut microbiome and microbiota to be more diverse and to be strengthened uh, within the, the mucosal lining. Uh, they can also help with uh, lumen uh, and for your appetite control and for uh, your hormones for, um, for serotonin and dopamine. So the, the link between fermented foods and the um, gut-brain axis seems to show that there is an increased amount of serotonin released due to the fermented foods. Again, you're titrating up, and it seems to have a better, um, uh, like a better uh, immune response. So you can reduce the risk of autoimmune disorders, and and have a healthier bacteria um, diversity due to these fermented foods. And the reason why is because you have a ton of different bacteria, um, origin, species, and um, uh, uh, species and, uh, and whatever else, the, the little number on the, the end. So you have origin, species, and something. <laughs> and uh, what they find is that the ruteri, uh, bacteria seems to help with those persons with some sort of mood disorder or autism. And so we, the kefir uh, fermented uh, dairy, you know, it's lactose intolerant. If you, you can handle it again, as you're titrating up the, the, the dose, but it seems to be able to help with that sort of disorder. And you're going to help with the serotonin um, amount. And so it helps with increasing your parasympathetic. So really, the so now that we we kind of know how the gut microbiome your your bacteria can help with increasing your serotonin increasing the neurotransmitter responses uh because of your protein uh, diversity in your diet and it can it can transmit all these these neurological functions through your vagus nerve your vagus nerve stems all the way down uh, since we're your brainstem all the way down to your colon. And again, it's like, it's like the motherboard for your computer, right? So it's just, it transmits everything. Now there is a disconnect in people with mood disorders or behavioral disorders. And it is usually due to a dopamine serotonin um, issue, which is why doctors prescribe, uh, you're usually like SSRIs or tricylics to help with people with depressions or manic disorder or eating disorders. And they even try some of these options for children with autism because they wanna increase that serotonin, increase that parasympathetic system, uh, make them less excitatory. So how do we make sure that our, uh, let's say, again, I'm keeping this on children. How do we ensure that our children are eating a diverse diet if they're so picky at eating? This comes down to trial and error, unfortunately. And this is something that in all a Google Scholar, if you look at it, they've had this issue with all of their trials with, and that's why it's very, very hard to figure out how can we better manage this? How can we help these families 
um, be able to have this child uh, a normal life. And, um, and I understand that, I'm not saying that your child isn't normal, but you, you have to take a step back. And if, you know, if there's something that can be done for my child that's better uh, and that I know that will benefit them, I'm going to want to do it. And I don't want them to be so different that it's hard for them uh, to be able to make a living uh, or to be able to have certain feelings or emotions, because sometimes, you know, people who have depression or have mood disorders or have behavioral disorders, they lack some sort of, you know, sometimes empathy, uh, sometimes sympathy, uh, sometimes they don't know how to love correctly, uh, physical emotion, touch, uh, you know, verbal emotions. It's just really hard. And sometimes those things can, you know, maybe if it doesn't affect them, it might affect someone else directly because they don't do that and it doesn't, you know, they don't know. So trial and error, finding these foods. And so finding the consistency of the food, what do they like? What texture do they like? We can manipulate a lot of foods now. So we can take protein powders and we can manipulate it into a gummy if they want to by adding some of the gelatin and we can feed it to them that way. I would say, you know, we can blend things, we can cook things, we can add, have additives, we can do um, drops in the mouth. I mean, we can do anything nowadays. We can even do fecal transplants. And again, it is what it sounds like taking someone else's poop and putting it into them. So we're taking a healthy poop, putting it into someone else who has unhealthy or a bad diversity of bacteria, and it can actually proliferate and it can help to um, cultivate into a better environment. And then again, that can help with the neurotransmitting uh, for that person who has um, a behavioral disorder. So my um, want is to be able to figure out how to actually create foods or create a diet or patterns on, you know, what's the best step-by-step -step way or like, like how do we, so if, if my child, um, he, they find out, oh, my child loves, you know, fish sticks. How do I get him to eat something else? Well, that's going to be tough because now we'd have to play around with, you know, maybe the smell of the fish. So you'd have to somehow have fish, but then maybe do a lining of something else like minced meat. And then you'd smash it in between the two fish layers or even like liver and minced meat, fish, smash it between the fish. Um, use panko and maybe, you know, um, some other type of like breadcrumbs and then you can air fry it and do it that way. We can go sugar-free. We can just stick with stevia because maybe sugar alcohols, um, artificial sweeteners may cause that person to um, like make their behavior worse or maybe sugar makes their behavior worse and it's harder for them to calm down. Maybe they need to go on a ketogenic diet. Maybe they need to go on a carnivore diet. Um, there's a lot of different things that we can try to do to, to, to figure this out, but it's gonna be, it's going to come down to diet and exercise um, for them. And exercise, I mean, like um, exercise very casually can help increase that parasympathetic system and not really release a lot of dopamine. If you do tons of intense, um, you know, go, 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 go. That's how they're, they're always like, you know, too much energy. That's too much dopamine release. That's too much um, uh, of that cortisol being spiked and it's causing them to maybe have an imbalance of their bacteria. So if we can actually do low impact um, exercise and make it fun for them, like yoga and things like that can help them um, recenter and then 
uh, create a better environment for the bacteria. So um, that's that, that's kind of like the goal, right? So it, it really comes down to diet and we're trying to help with this gut bacteria. Do we need to reach out for um, probiotics? Not really, I would say like, you know, if if you are traveling um, or you're not getting great sleep, if you're stressed out, then maybe reach for a probiotic for a little while, like maybe a month and then come off of it just to help with some of the gut bacteria that may be dying. And um, yeah, man, but it comes down to diet and hopefully we can find a, a, a way to, to make things easier for uh, implementation into the person's lifestyle. And leaving it there, like, share, comment, subscribe, like always, talk to y'all later.